0: And hello from Boise, Idaho, and Idaho Education News. It's the Extra Credit Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things education and politics. I'm Kevin Richard. And I'm Clark Corbin. And we're going to start kind of where we started uh, last week, with more weird science in the legislature. Uh, The science standards are no more for this year You've been covering this, and very closely, and really kind of walked readers through the the process.
1: But give us the short version of what happened in the legislature this week. Just to catch everybody up real quick, uh, we've got a lot of coverage in IdahoEdNews.org. But on Monday, the Senate Education Committee followed suit and rejected the proposed new science standards, following the House's lead from the week before. And so that means... Uh, These rewritten science standards are dead for the year. I had a big piece that came out uh, on our website on Thursday afternoon where I actually got in touch with two of the science teachers from Idaho who wrote these proposed standards. One of the things uh, covering the committee hearings where these standards were rejected, just like we mentioned last week on the podcast, Kevin, they didn't really get into the content of these standards at all. Instead, lawmakers had questions about the public input process, about Mm -hmm. how these standards were gathered. And so my goal with the story that we published was to just lay out what this process was that the legislature uh, appeared concerned with. And so what happened was, in early 2015, State Department of Education got together 14 of really what are the, the brightest and most awarded science teachers in the state, folks that have won the Presidential Medal for Excellence in Math uh, in Science Teaching, for instance. Those are the kind of folks that were on this committee and they went through and they compared Idaho's existing science standards to the next generation science standards. And they said that there were concerns that the existing standards are broad and vague. They cited this outside report that that basically said that these standards were useless right. for all the purposes that, that science standards were, int- were intended to satisfy. And so they went through and they built these standards. They tried to develop a logical sequence so that what you learn in kindergarten uh, leads to what you're going to be taught in middle school, leads to what you're going to be taught and tested on in high school. And, and uh, Jason George, one of the science teachers uh, from Caldwell who who wrote these standards, said the whole goal was to prepare students to meet these expectations that state officials have really been talking about right. for the last couple of years, developing a STEM pipeline, getting kids to go on uh, to college and post-secondary education. He and Christopher Taylor, the other teacher I interviewed who wrote the standards, said the existing standards don't do that. They fall right. well short of those goals. So they developed those in early 2015. They were brought to a public state board of education meeting in August. There was a 21-day comment period in October. And th- this followed the state's laws and procedures for public input and public vetting of this process. But the legislators and Tim Quarter from State Department of Education said that may not have been enough. And, and-, and so we find ourselves with re- rejected standards and-, and concerned that the existing standards are-, are vague and they don't help students and they, they don't help help teachers. Now your story on a
0: does a great job of really kind of walking people through this process and where Work came off of the rails, but help readers, help listeners understand right now. So where are we now, and what happens now? What happens now is, is that we're going to keep the existing
1: science standards. Um, as substandard as they are, according to the... Uh, the research. Right. These standards that, that people are worried about, we're, we're keeping those for at least another academic year. The new proposal is dead. It's not really clear where the state goes next from here. Uh, Tim Corder from the State Department of Education said maybe one course of action would be holding a series of public forums across the state to gather public input. The science teachers I talked to said they would welcome public input, but they were really concerned. This was kind of almost an unspoken thing, but they were concerned that Issues with global warming, creation of the universe, and evolution are actually what derailed these standards rather than the process itself. Topics that you reported kind of are part of the existing standards. Right, they're already in the existing standards. I don't know how well known that is. But it's a long long and complicated process. I would encourage readers, if they're interested, to check it out on Idaho Ed News because it gets into a lot more than we can just cover here uh, on our podcast today. Definitely much more on the site. Yeah, but moving on, Kevin, you covered an interesting Senate education hearing earlier this week where now help me understand this. A state senator brought a bill uh, sort of trying to underscore that the Bible can be used as a reference yeah, in class. Yeah, it's,
0: it's a Bible bill. And so the situation is teachers can use the Bible in the classroom as a reference guide, as a reference work. This bill, brought by Cheryl Knoxall, a Republican from Cottonwood, uh, seeks to underscore that fact and says that the Bible can be used for reference purposes. And I will try to do this in one breath. I don't know if I can to further the study of literature, comparative religion, English and foreign languages, U.S. and world history, comparative government, law, philosophy, ethics, astronomy, biology, geology, world geography, archaeology, music, sociology, and other topics of study where an understanding of the Bible may be useful or relevant. So I didn't do it in one breath. It's a very far-reaching, anything that you could possibly conceive of using the Bible as a reference guide is covered in this bill. You know, this was just a print hearing, so usually legislators don't delve too much into this. Uh, Janie Ward Engelking voted against printing the bill and said, look, you know, if teachers can use the Bible already, why are we singling out the Bible in legislation, and aren't we opening up for the process of we're going to do a whole lot of other uh, religious works?" So this bill has a long way to go, and it's really kind of a hot-button issue, so I don't know how far it uh, proceeds uh, down the pipeline, but... Uh, Uh, There it is, a Bible bell.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, we'll watch that. I know you'll track it as it goes
0: through the process if it advances. Reading of another stripe came up in the House Education Committee. You were there this morning. We've been talking a lot about the literacy initiative, writing a lot about the literacy initiative. It hit a roadblock today. Tell us more about that.
1: Absolutely. The House Education Committee uh, on Friday morning considered policy bills that would be designed to enact the $10.7 million literacy proposal that Governor Otter um, asked for in the state of state address, kicking off the legislative session. And so one of the bills that they considered would... Allow for supplemental education for the youngest students in grades kindergarten through third grade who scored below grade level benchmarks on their on their reading tests that they take in school uh, one of the components that would be offered uh, if this were to advance and be funded would be optional all day kindergarten for kindergarten students who score at the lowest levels on their reading exam. Uh, this bill would also provide for sixty additional hours of reading instruction supplemental reading instruction for some students and thirty for others, but it was sidetracked when Ron Mendive, a Republican from Coeur d'Alene, said that he requested this data from the State Board of Education trying to break down reading scores district by district and school by school, and he didn't get that until Friday, and so he asked lawmakers to hold this bill until Thursday of next week, February 18th. A divided House Education Committee voted 7 to 6 to do that, but one of the bill's backers Uh, The committee vice chairwoman, uh, Representative Julie Van Orden from the Blackfoot area, she worries that by delaying this bill for a week, that it really jeopardizes the ability for this thing to get funded and enacted this year because there are key budget-setting deadlines late in February, and if this bill is stalled in committee, she's worried this thing will not get funded, that the governor will not get his literacy proposal, and and we're going to lose the opportunity for the supplemental instruction um, for young students who are struggling to read.
0: And that kind of brings us to where we are now and where this may go next week. I mean, this bill, it's not dead, but
1: it's not doing real well either. It's not in the best of health. If this was a priority, you would think that this would take a more traditional route and would have been voted up or down today and had the chance to move on. So it certainly is on a sidetrack now. It could advance, uh, but it's definitely stalled out in committee until at least next week. But we'll be there on Thursday um, when it's scheduled to uh, return to the committee, but I It'll be be interesting to see. I mean, the governor
0: has made this a priority. Does the governor, does the governor's staff uh, work on members of the committee to say, uh, we really want to see this thing move along and do legislators listen?
1: I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll find out next week and we'll have much more to share at Idaho Education News. Kevin, I wanted to ask you about the Blaine Amendment. That's something that we talked about on our podcast before and that we've covered a little bit. That's the separation of, of basically church and state when it comes to spending state money for religious schools. You had a chance to meet with the governor at a breakfast roundtable earlier this week and, and talk to him about this proposal. What did you learn?
0: Well, I asked the governor what his position is on this amendment, and he was pretty outspoken. He does not feel like this is needed. The, the crux of this amendment and the, the thrust behind it the supporters of the amendment say, what we're trying to do here is make it clear that if, if kids want to use a state scholarship to go to a religious school like BYU-Idaho or Northwest Nazarene University, that it's clear that that scholarship money can be used for a religious school. The governor basically said, hey, wait a minute. We've been doing this for years. We've been distributing scholarship money to the private schools, to the religious schools. It's never been an issue. I don't want to see us you know, messing around with the Constitution for this and, and you know, what he basically said was uh, that uh, the sponsors of the amendment are kind of grasping at uh, a non-issue here. So you want to talk about a bill that is, or a proposal that is not really dead, but not really alive, this kind of falls under that heading as well. Uh, After the governor's comments, I talked to uh, Tom Lurcher, he's the uh, chairman of the House State Affairs Committee, that's where uh, where this amendment is sitting no hearing has been set. There was a hearing scheduled for Thursday. It got canceled at the last minute. Uh, Lurcher told me uh, no plans at this point for a hearing. He's not ruling out having a hearing, but he's not scheduled a hearing. So very clear, he's he's in no big rush on this thing, partly because he doesn't think that there's much interest in the Senate. And if you're trying to do a constitutional amendment and get two-thirds support in the House and the Senate, you got to have a lot of ducks in a row. And basically, uh, Lurcher is saying, look, I, I don't... I don't think the stars are lined up anyway. So right now we'll keep an eye on it, but at this point it doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon.
1: And there's other concerns, Kevin, besides just the high bar for amending the Constitution. I heard some lawmakers express concern on the House side that this could be a kind of an end run around to vouchers. Is that something that people are still talking about? Well, I think that's still part
0: of the criticism. Uh, the governor didn't go there in terms of uh, the voucher issue. Uh, his concern is, you know, we're going to open up the Constitution, we're going to amend the Constitution, we should do that sparingly. I don't see the need, I don't see the problem that people are seeing on the scholarship front. You know, if you factor that in, if there are people uh, on that side and folks who are concerned about the vouchers, you know, it doesn't take many votes to uh, kill a constitutional amendment on the House floor or the Senate floor because you've
1: got to have two-thirds to pass. So Not a lot of room for it. There's very little way to all right. We've been covering the state house closely, obviously, since the beginning of January. But a few miles down the road, the state's largest school district, Kevin, the West Ada School District, uh, continues to wrestle with uh, their leadership issues. What's the latest? You covered this a little bit this week.
0: Okay. The saga continues uh, at, at West Ada. And um, basically, the, the dispute now is over the recall elections uh, that... Uh, that named four of the five trustees. An attorney for two of the trustees is saying that the signature gathering didn't meet uh, the threshold, uh, that they fell way short of the signatures that are needed to put this recall on the ballot. So uh, that is gonna play out maybe in court. But you know, this issue is now, it's becoming something that is kind of trickling into the State House. Uh, Senator Chuck Winder from Boise, uh, presented a bill uh, that would address what happens if uh, if trustees are recalled, how is the replacement process done, and what he said is he wants a bill that makes it clear that uh, trustees who are recalled can't resign and have appointed like-minded uh, trustees, whatever that means. That's a fairly vague term, so we'll see about that bill. And it's all in part of this uh, process where there are a lot of bills this session, and uh, we may just need to kind of break it down and keep people apprised of a lot of bills that just deal with school trustee elections. Um, right now, nobody can tell what what sort of money is behind a recall election for trustee or for local uh, elections. They're not covered by the Sunshine Law, so there is a bill to address that. There's a bill to expand the Sunshine Law, the campaign finance disclosure requirements to all school trustees even the trustee candidates in small districts uh, there's a movement afoot to move the trustee elections to the November general right, election right uh, to have trustees elected across the entire school district so you have more voters voting in every school board election so just sort of a yeah a, sort of a plethora of different uh, school uh, elections issues coming to a head at the legislature will will We'll cover it as it comes and try to keep uh, keep all the pieces uh, and, straight. Yeah, this is kind of the
1: intersection of local control versus state mandates that a lot of people talk about, so we'll watch this closely. Kevin, this week I was a lot busier probably than I thought I would be. How's next week looking? Am I going to get any more sleep?
0: Oh, it, we'll still be busy next week, and a couple of things that I know I'm going to be watching in addition to the uh, the usual churn at the state statehouse... Uh, broadband, Idaho Education Network. uh, The lawsuit goes before the Supreme Court oral arguments on Wednesday afternoon, so we will cover that, and we'll have the latest there. I want to break down some numbers that we just got on Friday from the State Department of Education on graduation rates. The short story here, the graduation rate for 2014-2015 is 78.9%. That is an increase. That's an improvement from 77.3%. So... We're gonna to try to break down those numbers and figure out what's going on, what are the trends, what are the uh, the strengths and weaknesses coming through those numbers. So we'll have all of that. We'll be busy at the legislature as well.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll keep track of the latest on, on this literacy bill with the reading interventions that come forward. So we'll have all that. I'd encourage everybody to read us every day at IdahoEdNews.org, to like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. We will be back this time next Friday with a brand new edition of the Extra Credit Podcast. But in the meantime, Thanks so much for listening. I'm Clark. I'm Kevin. Have a good week.